Welcome to the podcast, Cocktail Party Economic Conversations, with your hosts, Evie Adamate and Richard Maranta. Well, welcome to our very first episode where we have a guest of uh, Cocktail Party Economic Conversations. Uh, we're featuring Chapter 1, which is about scarcity, and we have our very first guest, uh, Megan Oldfield. And Megan, I'm just so glad you have agreed to join us today. Well, of course. Thank you for having me. So we're yeah, going to so find out a bit about you. Yeah. Hi, Megan. Uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, so you're the GM and uh, Senior Vice President of Operations at Homestars. And that's a pretty... Yeah, that's a cool thing. I, like, I personally am big need of Homestars, which is handy people, right? Where you can get handy people to help fix your house. Because I'm not very handy. I, I'm kind of the guy where I'll I'll start fixing something, and my wife will be handing me the tools. Next thing, I'll be handing her the tools, and she's she'll be fixing it. Like, she's like a ten times more handy. But uh, we always start with me trying to do it and failing and getting angry. So. <laughs> So I have other skills, technical skills, thankfully. But uh, anyways, it's such a cool, um, sounds like a cool cons- uh, company. And so just tell us a bit about your role and what you guys do. Definitely. Well, first of all, I can't take credit for the idea. Um, our our founder and CEO has recently stepped down as of July 31st, actually. So a few days yeah. ago. And um, she came up with the concept because she was on mat leaf trying to do home renovations and came up with this directory slash marketplace idea to connect homeowners and service professionals. Mm. Um, so that's what we do constantly every day is our ultimate goal is to connect homeowners with service professionals. And so um, my journey there actually started in the finance group. I started as a revenue analyst. Um, and so we bill our customers who are the service professionals that pay for the directory on our site. Um, we pay them on a subscription basis and I came in to analyze our revenue and our churn. So I started there and quickly it morphed into this, um, management and controller role because we were a very small operation at the time. It was in 2015, the company wasn't profitable yet. And um, there was a lot of processes that needed to be um, sort of (laughs) optimized, I'll call it. And um, so I kind of dug in and overtook the entire finance operation at the time. Um, And within a year or two, we were profitable. And then we were actually acquired by um, HomeAdvisor, which is a US company under the IAC umbrella. And so HomeAdvisor eventually merged in 2018 with Angie's List. And so now they are ANGI Home Services as a whole, and we roll up into that P&L. And so they're the number one marketplace um, for home service professionals in the U.S. And we're the number one um, home services marketplace in Canada right now. Um, So we do a lot of piggybacking for sure. Um, And there... um, So from there, after the acquisition, I was still in the finance group, but obviously really, really intertwined with all of the operational backend integration with systems um, in place. So even though 
my role was finance focused, it became very broad at the same time, trying to interlace all of our systems together at one time. So with that um, and my broader operational focus, that's how I kind of merged into this role. And now that our CEO has stepped down, the CEO and founder has stepped down, um, in place came me and my co-GM, uh, Shir Magen, who's actually the um, SVP of product and marketing. So basically the organization has now been split into two groups, um, any customer facing organizations, so sales, customer success, business operations, finance operations, and um, people operations, as we call it, which is HR, now roll up into me. So that, that's been my journey so far. It's been very, very busy, um, uh, but it's been really exciting and it's really, really fast paced. Wow. What do you think you gave up to do this? Like, what's it? I know one of the things in um, chapter one is about scarcity. There's only so much time. There's only so much energy. Um, in there you had a baby i did so, <laughs> i did i had a 15 month old <laughs> yeah so what do you think it's like what do you think the costs have been to be honest with you for me the the cost has been time um well personally it's been time uh, I, i've kind of poured my blood sweat and tears into the company and i love it um and you know from a business perspective, I've had to learn how to prioritize and so give up things that may not be um, the best opportunity at the time, right? So uh, we've had to really, and I have really learned how to prioritize, learn how to prioritize my time to make the most optimal choices of what the best payout would be, right? So it's it was all about allocating the resources that we had at the time <laughs> to get the optimal information to be the most efficient possible. Cool. I, um, let me ask you, so right now, uh, during COVID that we're in right now, so this, this podcast will probably go on to the future when it's not COVID, COVID, hopefully. So is, is this kind of service that you're providing, is it scarce now? Or like, are people just doing their own work? Or are, is there a demand for, for the services that you provide? It's actually funny. So, uh, you know, in the heat of COVID, so uh, during the first two months of COVID, we did see a decline in business. And um, there was definitely much less demand from a consumer standpoint as well. I think um, there was a sense of panic um, in the air. And so, you know, a lot of our customers, so a lot of the service professionals did cancel their services or want to pause them. Um, and we weren't seeing the volume of the um, consumer service requests that we were in the past. They dipped by about 42% for about two months. Um, but then as that, as that, in the, as that heat passed, I guess, it um, all that pent up demand skyrocketed. And then all of a sudden towards the end of May of 2020, I guess, this, that's what we're in now. Um, yeah. All of a sudden we saw a flood of all of these service requests coming in. And so yeah. we had to- Everyone's at home looking at all the stuff yeah. they need to fix all the time. They're all day they see, oh, I gotta fix that, I gotta fix that. Honestly, and you know what's funny? Yeah, so it's that. And then I think that what happened is, you know, all this money that people had saved up to travel, they can't mm. use it because no one's traveling anymore. So now they're like, hey, let's, let's 
do some home improvement projects. We found mm -hmm. though that most of them, most of the improvement projects were on the outside of the house because people are still a little uncomfortable having mm -hmm. people come into their house. So right. most of them are landscaping projects, pool projects, like lots of installing pools and things mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah, so when we had this influx of demand coming in from the homeowners, um, we had to make sure that we could actually <laughs> supply yeah. all of these service requests. So actually our sales went up as well. So we, we made a comeback really, really quickly from that, that little dip um, in our business for about a two month period. So we're actually um, ahead of the game again. We're at about a 10% growth rate right now. Our target was 35 for the year, but um, you know that it's increasing month over month. So all that pent up demand came in and now it's about trying to make sure that we have enough um, service professionals to actually do the work, right? Um, and that's the ultimate goal, just balancing this marketplace constantly, right? All of our data and all of our visibility is about just getting this data um, at the forefront of everybody within the business so that we know where to acquire either supply or demand. Now, how do people, um, like our, you're, you're a directory, so, do people just say, is it like an old fashioned um, yellow pages? So we are a directory that is morphing into a marketplace right now where we do do a match system. So you can either use our site as going onto it as a directory where you search up a certain category um, or service professional that you're looking for, and you can do your own research. Um, based on using us as a directory. However, in the past year or two, we've been slowly morphing into a marketplace where you can come into our site and go straight into a service request form where you, um, you input um, a number of criteria items that you need based on the, that, based on the project that you're trying to complete. And um, from that list of criteria, we will match you with a service professional that's, you know, that provides that service, that has a good rating, that is in your area, um, that has that task listed as something that they want to do. And then we will serve up a list of service professionals for you to choose from. Um, it'll be a list from three to five. And then we hope that that service professional is available to do the job. Maybe you should add some techies on there on that list. Maybe you should branch off into techie people to help set up Zoom calls and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Set up mics. <laughs> I was just thinking about how uh, in the book I actually we actually discuss um, people finding each other, you know, online, right? Which is basically a dating <laughs> service. It, yes, it's exactly that. Yeah. So in this case, you're just people are just you know. I'm looking for pools, get a pool installation or a hot tub, and then they uh, they just sort it out as opposed to you're looking for your life's partner. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly uh, that. And we're actually, um, we're really just trying to serve up the best service professional so you can make your choice, right? And then we hope that they're available to fulfill the request. Um, so they're rated in that type of thing? So yes. you can make um, And, you know, we have a distribution algorithm um, that works in the back end to serve up the appropriate service professionals based on the request. Hmm. Um, and it's ever evolving, obviously. Cool. How many people work in the company now? So um, internally, we have about 130 people working at the company. 
So uh, and I, I know that at first uh, the, your, your um, founder uh, was a woman, and so she's mm-hmm. quite proud of the fact that a lot of the senior execs are women. So yes. how are you finding women in this kind of industry? How's that going? Um, in, an, in the industry as a service professional industry or in the industry as a marketplace industry? <laughs> Pick one. Either, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. I mean, it's funny. So um, I, I've been so used to having, you know, at least a 50-50 split with women and men at the table um, for me that I've never really noticed anything different about it. Um, you know, I do notice that internally at our company, we have more women at the table than we, than we do at our counterpart subsidiaries and parent company. Um, and I think that might have to do with, uh, our CEO and founder and just people, you know, women gravitating to her because she had children and a family and was still able to do it. Um, so I don't know. I, for me, it's just what I've always known at the company. So I don't, I don't know to compare it to anything else. And I've always, I've always been in companies that have, um, you know, a high percentage of women at the table and in a management position. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So when you left, you were a co-op student at Guelph, right? I was, yes. And my, my co-op position when I was at Guelph, I worked for the greater Toronto airport authority (laughs) doing doing uh what was i i was a data analyst for a long time um and then i ended up working um at an engineering company uh Mm. same thing kind of revenue analyst type role um in their finance department and that was also short-lived and then uh, i went actually (laughs) totally branched out and went into retail um and actually helped open up the Brandy Melville franchises across Canada, um, which is a clothing company for women only. Um, but you know, the target age is actually between like 12 and 20, I would say. And so that was super fun. Uh, me and a girlfriend at the time opened up 11 um, different franchises across Canada. And so we introduced all their internal processes and procedures and built all the companies from ground up across Canada. So it was pretty cool. Um, but that was tireless, like working all day, every day. And there was no weekends, like you just worked constantly. So I, I eventually broke down from too much work and then took on this role because the person that I was um, being hired by, um, I really trusted him and I knew he was going to be a great mentor and he was, he was the CFO at the time. So, and I also really enjoyed the fact that the uh, CEO and founder was a woman. So I thought I'd nice. jump for it and take the chance and here I am. So what, so in your current role, so what keeps you up at night uh, in terms of just when you're focusing on, on the business, like what, uh, what so everything is just our current problem is getting data visible now, yesterday. We want it yesterday so that we can make the decision for next week. Or, mm-hmm. um, And so we need to really build up our data teams. Um, and because we, you know, we, we still have a target bottom line that we have to hit at the end of the year because we are part of a public company. So our resourcing 
is very lean for what we need to put out. So scarcity, there it is again. Um, we, we do have scarce resources for what we want to accomplish. And so I feel like the problem that we're trying to solve right now internally from a resourcing standpoint is just making sure that we're prioritizing what data is the most important to be at top of mind to make sure that we're moving in the right direction for the business. And so my data team probably wants, you know, <laughs> to say some very bad things about me sometimes because every other day I'm like, you know what, stop doing that because we need this data faster. <laughs> so stop focusing <laughs> on that and start, start looking at this. So, um, you know, I know, and in the chapter two, I actually read it, but, um, in the chapter, I know it, it does mention that multitasking is not a good thing. I, I remember multitasking at one point in time was a really good thing. And you, you were supposed to say it in interviews, right? Like I'm a really good multitasker. It's actually a really bad thing. And yeah. uh, because you're not focused and constantly I have to, you know, sit back. And what keeps me up at night is like, Megan, just focus and get this one thing done so that we can move on to the next thing. Because I always have this shiny new toy over here that I want to see to mm -hmm. see if we can should start thinking and moving this way. And then I go to my team and I'm like, you know what would be great though, if we added this over here. And then, you know, it's my, wife calls me a, my wife calls me a monotasker. So yeah, exactly. I, I cannot multitask. Yeah. So like, where's the peanut butter? I can, I need the peanut butter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Those are the things that keep me up at night. Not, not, cool. not having enough information or mm. thinking I need more information to move forward with decisions. Well, I can imagine that uh, information is very costly to acquire, you know, yeah. getting that level of, you know, where do you go to get information? Like what information are you getting? Huh. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of the information that we're looking for is real time visibility in in supply and demand. So supply for us is our um, is our service professionals and then demand for us is our consumers. So the homeowners. Right. So we want real time visibility to um, the service requests coming in from our home homeowners versus our service professionals that are available in that area. So we want to be able to pinpoint in marketplaces the activity in real time of supply and the demand so that we know where to acquire um, leads for each side, right? So that we can balance the marketplace. So you do not want um, excess supply or excess demand? We do you, not. You want we equilibrium. at all. And, you know, we find that in... Um, in a lot of our overdeveloped or developed markets, we have an excess supply um, of service professionals and not enough service requests coming in. So our service professionals, you know, they'll call in saying, I'm not getting the value for my subscription like you told me I was, like, where are all my jobs, right? And then, um, you know, the opposite problem is in our seed markets where we don't have many service professionals, we have more service requests coming in and we can't fulfill them. Right. right. So it, yeah. it's a balancing act. It's trying to get, um, you know, the yeah. perfect mix of supply and demand in each market. And so this is the visibility that we're trying to see in real time to know where to target our acquisition strategies. That's um, interesting. Uh, sorry. I, 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 um, 
being home at, with COVID, I've used some of the services out there like DoorDash, Uber Eats yeah. a lot, right? And those guys probably have the same problem, right? Like, you know, when I order from DoorDash, Wings or whatever, you see the little car and pick it up. Yeah. I mean, they probably have the same issue, right? You don't want 50 guys around here in Oakville where I live, you know, trying to yeah. service like a small group of um you know restaurants mm -hmm. and clients right so yeah, the demand so it's the same interesting problem trying to figure that it out is. right it's such an interesting problem to have and so you know making sure that we have that data you know right in front of our face at all times that is our ultimate goal so you know we have a number of people internally working on making this possible um, so, you know, they're all people that are much smarter than me, way more technical. And so, uh, you know, I'm constantly on them about, you know, how do we get it in this way instead so that we can mm. feed this information, um, you know, consistently on this basis to these people specifically. Right. And, um, yeah, that's, that, that is our biggest problem to solve every day. And you can't really let price do the adjusting because you still have outside competition, these people can still go to a service provider who's not part of your subscription plan. So you can't can. just say, well, you know, let's just up the price of a pool. Well, there's mm -hmm. other people doing pools as well. So they you're, can. In a, you're in a competitive marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we try to, um, you know, we try to feature the service professionals that use our service by, you know, having them verified by Homestars, which means they're properly, properly licensed and bonded and they've been, you know, they've had background checks. And so we, we showcase um, these service professionals and, you know, they've got um, kind of, um, you know, a more sexy, a more sexy profile than other service professionals that maybe don't pay for our service. Right. Um, so we try to make it so that they get value out of their out of their subscription from us by making it more attractive to hire these professionals. It's really cool. So uh, yeah. thinking back to intro micro, did you ever think you would be using these ideas in your everyday life? No, not at all. Not at all. And it's so funny you asked me that, um, you know, when when you and I touched base a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, it's so funny because I remember actually thinking back when I was in university, you know, and drawing all the charts, drawing so many charts of supply and demand and trying to figure out problems, being like, am I ever going to use this terminology ever? And I actually use it 90% of my day, every yeah. day. So it's always good to know. Sometimes <laughs> you like to think that uh, when you teach things, that's not you know, it's useful. <laughs> oh, no, it's super useful. Yeah. Every day, every day, I, I literally use the word supply and demand. So um, well, you definitely see both sides of the market. So yeah, that's why you're thinking that way. Mm -hmm. wow. I, was thinking of, uh, I was thinking how um, in your industry, I mean, this goes back to another discussion we've had about trust, right? I mean, it's kind of like dating, right? Like when you yeah. people go on to these online dating, it's there. It's scary, right? Who are you going to get? You know, what kind of experience is going to be some blind date? Right? It is kind of like a blind date, right? Because you don't you you don't know this person, right? You're sort of getting it's almost like a reference from not really a friend, but an organization. So you don't really know. So how do you overcome that kind of thing um, that people's trepidation, of, you know, hiring someone through you? Well, um, as I just mentioned, we, we do 
we do make sure that all of our service professionals go through a verification process with us. Um, so they, they'll have a badge after they've completed it. So that's how you know they're trusted by Homestars. In addition to that, um, because our, most of our business is actually built off of reviews. So homeowners actually review the service professionals after the job is completed. So, um, that's another selling point for all of these service professionals is that they have some service professionals have hundreds and hundreds of reviews for jobs that Mm -hmm. they've completed and then they're rated um using a star score that's what we call it based on their reviews and their responsiveness um and a number of different criteria so that's that's how we can we can fully commit to saying that we as homestars trust serving up the service professional to you to complete this job it's interesting. Um, I mean, it has not, it's not about scarcity, but it's about in the marketplace, you can have what's called asymmetric information. Mm-hmm. And what you're basically doing is providing a warranty. You're saying yeah. we're, we're saying that these people are trustworthy. There's a warranty that, you know, they've got the stars mm-hmm. uh, so that they are, uh, they can be trusted to go into your home. And yeah. um, I think that it is true. Like when I think about, um, you know, people, you know, in, especially in the time of COVID, it's like uh, I would imagine a lot of people just don't want people in their home, and uh, and and they also, and if you lived alone, you might be very reluctant to have someone come into your home. So you have this feeling like you want to trust these people that they're safe, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have kind of a safety thing? Like, do, do people in their comments say, "Oh, I really like this person. They seem really trustworthy." And oh yeah, like, do for sure. Comment? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we also have, we also, we publish bad reviews too, and we don't take them down, even though the service professionals fight to get them taken down. Like if it meets, if it meets our review criteria, it stays up no matter what. And so everything on the site is true and sincere based on what homeowners write about them. How do you avoid having like, I know that it's easy for people to see like the highest reviewer. Everyone wants to get that person, right? So how do you sort of spread it out? Because one person can't do all the, say, plumbing jobs, right? And, you know, five star, right? But it has to be distributed to the four star and the three star. How do you deal with that? So um, great question. But our our distribution algorithm actually runs off of a, off of, I'll call it a hunger mechanism to kind of avoid that so that not the, not the same pros are being served up all the time. Um, and that there's a level of fairness, um, and kind of rationing so that we're, we're serving up other people that are maybe looking for work. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I mean, part of chapter one is talking about, you know, how to allocate, you know, yeah. these resources to these people and, you're you're actually saying we're going to cycle people through in some sort of random way to make sure that everyone gets a shot at being one of the five that you get to pick from. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people need an opportunity to get stars, right? Yeah. I've been in other markets like that, like Upwork, where you can hire contractors to do, you know, programming or web design, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea. Um, and then some of them who are just starting, it's really difficult for them to get 
traction, right? So yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, there's a number of things that are taken into account for the distribution engine and without giving it all away. <laughs> but you know, we we take, you know, the uh, tenure of your company with Homestars, you know, whether how many employees you have, um, your rating, your category, where you are in Canada, like there's so many different factors, there's hundreds that are taken into account to actually make the distribution engine function as it does. I wonder if dating services are the same. I'm sure they are. <laughs> you know, like you're putting in your, you know, what you're looking for. And I wonder if, you know, it comes back. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I'm married 36 years, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm married. Does, you know, and, and they're ever evolving. You know, our, our distribution algorithm changes every month, right? Like we're constantly looking at the data to say, okay, this doesn't make sense over here. We need to tweak this a little bit so that it makes more sense. Um, you know, and we have to analyze the risk factor of making all these little adjustments all, all the time, uh, whether it's um, a positive risk or a negative risk, right? So how do you assess that? I mean, how do you say, okay, this algorithm isn't quite working, we have to tweak it, like what comes up that you go, we got a problem, or we should try to fix this? Like, how, um, do, how do you see that? When we see that, um, you know, the, the leads that are being distributed to service professionals are being skewed really heavily to one group. Um, we know that something's broken and it's because we haven't, we haven't assessed, um, a variable properly. And then, so we run through sensitivity analysis, uh, analyses constantly to see what is causing the skew. And then we adjust based on the outcome. Cool. So that's actually good for your providers because uh, a new provider would have an incentive to join your subscription because they're not going to be disadvantaged. They'll, Absolutely. It's like and they that, have an entry fee and yeah. they're in now. Yeah. And yeah. that, and you know, that specific problem has come up and we've had to address that. Right. Um, and we're, we're constantly finding new things. And because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are not only fulfilling service requests for homeowners, but that service is free. We want to make sure we're actually providing value to our customer base, which who are the service professionals, right? Because they're who are paying, paying for this. Yeah, yeah. Who are paying the subscription. Yeah. So, so um, I guess is this kind of, has this evolved into like your dream job? Um, somehow, if you asked me this when I was in university, I would never tell you this is my dream job. Um, but, you know, if you ask me now, yes, I feel like it's just, I don't even feel like it's a job, to be honest with you. I feel like it's just an extension of myself where <laughs> I'm constantly thinking about it. But, um, you know, my team has a big role to play in that as well. Like I love who I work with and everyone is great. And I do love the opportunity to work with, um, you know, our counterparts in the U S as well. You know, they've been at this probably double the amount of time that we have. Right. So I think like we started in 2006, um, but they've been at it since like 1994. So they've just been through so many of the pain points and we're at a stage in the business where we're at this tremendous growth phase and they've already experienced it. So it's nice to not yeah. to have to reinvent the wheel and be able to lean on so many people that understand what's going on. So 
I I enjoy it because I enjoy working with all of them. So yeah, and you're it must be rewarding too. You're 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 offering something that people actually need. It's not like you're you know candy or coke or something, right? That's bad for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once in a while, you're right. I do. No, but you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. people need help and not, people are busy. They don't want, you know, so there's kind of that. It's nice. Sure, to- and they don't know where to start a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I know word of mouth is still a big one, especially in the service professional industry, mm-hmm. but this is just an extension of word of mouth. Right. Um, right. Especially when people are moving into new um, into new cities where they might not know many people. Right. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like the fact that we're actually providing a service that is useful um, and that can be trusted, right? Yes. No, you've uh, definitely solved a lot of the problem in an interaction because a lot of times people think that economics is about money and hard, cold capitalism, but I always (laughs) tell people economics is an awful lot about human behavior and trust. Absolutely. You know, I got to, you know, we... I got to, if I work for you, I'm trusting you're going to pay me, right? (laughs) You know, that there's going to be a transaction where I'm going to benefit, that there's a win-win in this uh, engagement. So I think that uh, people who underestimate trust um, will end up with a problem where you're actually sort of taking trust head on to say, we're going to create a trustworthy system so that you don't even have to worry about that part. You just have to have the money to do whatever it is you want to do. And, the, mm-hmm. and the, you, and we have to find someone who can do the job for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. If I ever build a luxury uh, fallout shelter in my backyard, <laughs> I'm going to call Homestars for sure. Yeah. He's a, pre- no, you're not a prepper. Yeah. Maybe my helipad. Anyway, this was a great conversation. It's our first one. And um, so I'm really glad you came. And uh, I think it sort of sets the tone for our episodes to say what we're going to be doing and kind of the conversation that's directed, but kind of open-ended. So thanks a lot, Megan. I yeah, really it was great. It. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So anyway, thanks a lot. Thank you. I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking? I knew it wasn't a warranty. They don't give warranties. They pre-screen. Yeah, I know it's an asymmetric information problem, but why did I pick the wrong thing? I don't know. What a mistake.